Hey Print Hustlers, this is Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. Today we've got a very special guest. His name's Jay, aka Jonathan, aka Jonathan, or Nalus, out of San Angelo, Texas. Jonathan is from Success Print Shop. Jonathan, thanks so much for being able to join us today. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, of course, of course. So this is this is an exciting one. Um, I think people find an interest in chatting with like larger shops at times, and you know, because those could be a bit of idols and like, oh, how many autos this and that, and it's like, that's cool and all. But um, Jonathan has got a really really neat shop that he's just getting going on, and he's making some really fast transitions. It's in a really cool setup. Uh, let's just hop in. So first, um, h- how did you start Success Print Shop? So I'm 26 now. Back when I was 20, it's 2012. I was working retail. I was going to college, and I was just like, man, I want to make some extra money. My sister was selling stuff on the website Etsy, like uh, vintage stuff, like uh, that stuff she would get from like garage sales and then resell. And she would always come across shops that were selling T-shirts, and she was like, you should sell like T-shirts. You should look into that. So I started looking into that. Of course, I came across Ryanet's videos on YouTube and how to get into screen printing. And it look, he makes it look, or he made it look real easy back then. So like I ordered the equipment that I needed, mm-hmm. started printing. And that year, it was uh, it was August of 2012. Well, that Christmas season, like I totally like crushed it. Like made all the money back from the equipment. And like, I just how, did so- how, where did you find your customers? So I was, so I was selling uh, Breaking Bad, like, Pando merch, because uh, Breaking Bad was like so like it was like the biggest thing at the time. Breaking Bad, so I was printing like a Jesse Pigman like t- uh, face on a white T-shirt, and I was selling for like twenty bucks each, and they were just like I was like killing it. So that was like the first time I saw like dang, I can make some like you know money. But What'd you I sell was, them on? You, you sold them on Etsy too? On Etsy, yeah, on Etsy also. Got it. Yeah. Wait, and let me yeah. hold on one second. Let me take a step back to because um, I skipped a couple of things. Okay. It's just you, right, at your shop uh, in right. San Angelo with you just upgraded to an automatic. Um, you're in a container, right? Yeah, shipping containers. Shipping yeah, containers. So it's forty foot shipping container. I'm like at the edge of it right now. Like the wall's like right here behind us, like right right behind you in front of me. That's not where I started though. So back in 2012, I started in my bedroom. I took like everything out of my bedroom, slept on the couch for like, like the living room couch for like all through college and like printed. So like for all through college through four years, I printed in my bedroom. Uh, so like, like a tabletop it, press or? Yeah, so like a, the Rhinet silver press. So it was like a one, uh, four color, one station. Yeah, so like I'd bring like the flash over and you know, like, over the one station and then print the next color so it was like a big i can't believe i still can't believe i printed that long with that press as long as i did <laughs> but it was just like a side thing as i did college so like i study and everything i still had like other part-time jobs like academy and then i worked at other retail stores and so you're, uh, you're printing in your bedroom did you how, how did you get customers that are friends or and from the get-go man even till like right now it's just been word of mouth still i want to really dive into some sales like this year but yeah, it's, yeah, at the time, it was just like all word of mouth. And the lady actually, who I used to get, before I even had like a printer to print my own films, like I would go to a print shop, like a local print shop, who just had like a laser printer, one that I didn't have. 
and they would print my films for me at the time. And she's turned into like one of my best customers now, like always sending me like all her t-shirt jobs because she prints like invitations, wedding invitations, flyers, things like that. So she outsources all her t-shirt stuff to me. So she's still to this day, like one of my best customers. But um, so yeah, that was all like for the four years I printed on that silver press, just slowly, slowly building my clientele. And then after I graduated college, I was working at an accounting firm because that's what I graduated with, my accounting degree. I was like a runner for two years there, so I was just like running errands there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got into like an intern position to actually do like taxes. So I was working on some taxes. I only did that for like one tax season with them. And there's like six of us in that intern room. We had a great time. I kind of... I kind of, I guess, like I said, I kind of slacked off. I could have done harder, worked harder there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't quite make the cut. Like they, there were six of us, and only three stayed, and I wasn't one that stayed. But so, like after that happened, after I got laid off, I was like, you know, I had just studied four or five years of accounting, so was, that was still very fresh in my mind. Like mm-hmm. I need to find another accounting gig somewhere, and I need, you know, do it fast because I had just graduated. After a month of looking. And, you know, at this time, three, four years into, like, printing, like, I had actual customers that I was servicing year after year, over year, over year. So my, my, my dad was like, you know, you should, you know, try screen printing, like, full-time, going into it full-time. And so I was like, all right. So then that year, like, I just dove into, like, business books and business podcasts and just filled my mind with all that stuff. And, and so that was 2016 when that all went down. And so all of 2016, I got my website right. Uh, everything and so 2017 2018 I just like been crushing it on the manual and in late 2016 like that year I got laid off and stuff I upgraded my press too so I didn't have the silver press no more mm-hmm. I got like a, a four color six station so that helped a lot that was a big move for me at the time too but yeah at the end of last year like the very end of last year I got my first automatic and that was like a dream come true because that's what I had been working so your background is in accounting, which is pretty yeah. unique as most printers, when they hear accounting or books or, you it's know, like the worst. yeah, it's just somebody else, please handle this, take this off, take this off my table. Does oh, that so make doing your books a lot easier or do you still? I definitely still, so I still have a lot of accounting friends. I definitely still reach out to them when I have a question, but yeah, yeah I definitely can hop into QuickBooks and, you know, do what I need to in there, so it definitely helps and just also doing my taxes too like I, de- I definitely do those on my own too and just knowing what a balance sheet is and what an income statement is and feeling comfortable because I mean that's what I looked at for four years so I definitely feel comfortable with it and I'm so glad that I do because yeah I mean even now even me when I have to dive in there I'm like uh, it's you know something that I don't really look forward to but I'm glad I don't have to like pay someone 300 bucks a month to do it with me. Sure, sure. Do you run cash or accrual based accounting? Uh, it's cash. Got it. Is there a point that you feel like you would start using accrual based or? Uh, maybe. I mean, if that's where like it gets to that point, but I mean, I feel comfortable where I'm at right now. I mean, I definitely still do have some like accounts receivable like that I need to you know collect on customers, but mm-hmm. then it's like cash. I'm not like going like sure interesting that's pretty that's pretty neat are there any because that's it that's a pretty cool background is there any tips that you'd be able to offer others of of like just getting started and making sure that their books are clean right off the bat instead of because i feel like a lot of folks you know they get a letter from the irs later that they owe money or they didn't keep track of it or they didn't have receipts or 
Yeah, so like, I don't even want to bring it up because I know it's been brought up so many times in like your podcast probably and then other podcasts. Like, but that Puppet First book, you know, yeah. I'm talking about first. Yeah. That, that book, that book has helped us a lot. Um, even though I have a accounting degree and everything, like just for like cash management, I mean, that book has been great. So also just for your taxes, you know, like getting that tax money straight from the get go, like pulling it out, so you don't have to pay that then every year. So I would say look at that book. Uh, public curse um and i know it's been like drilled so many times in all these other podcasts but i would i would recommend that book got it probably first yeah that's pretty cool leaking this out one a little bit but uh you may want to come to print hustlers conf this year as don't tell um, me well i mean <laughs> let's just say you may want to be there we haven't put out an official announcement yet but Finish his last book, uh, Clockwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all right, awesome. All right. But anywho, um, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be exciting. But you're starting to get going. You upgraded the press right when you they didn't continue your internship. Uh, you know, you're going in full time. That's a big step. Um, you know, you're having to start to pay your own bills and all this other stuff. Like you're realizing all these things are happening. How did you buy that first press? Was it just off cash? Did you finance it? So the only reason I even upgraded to that press was because I picked up a large job. Uh, it was like 2,500 shirts. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously I was going to be able to print that on that other one. <laughs> on the tabletop press. So, oh, but the crazy thing is, so like, you can see, like, even the press I upgraded wouldn't have fitted, like, in this area. Like, because the shipping containers only, uh, like right under eight feet and mm-hmm. I needed like with the flash and everything I needed like nine feet. So I needed to like build out a little more space. So like I got that big job, I knew it was coming. So me, my dad, my brother-in-law, we like knocked out like a whole section just to fit that press in. We just built out like four foot out. Yeah. That, that one job I paid for the press. So it was like, that's what it was like. It, it worked out. So Interesting. So you mentioned, and we brought this up, you're in a shipping container. If you go to Success Print Shop's Instagram account, at Success Print Shop, you could see this as well. It's super cool looking. How did that happen? Okay, so I was like in, working in my bedroom. So now I live like about 20 minutes outside of San Angelo. So it's like, uh-huh. in, like on 16 acres. My shop's like on 16 acres of private property now. But at the time, you know, those four years when I was in my bedroom, it was like... Uh, or so we were in that house and my parents wanted to move. Like they, they had always wanted to move out in like kind of the country area. You know, I had like all my equipment in that room and there like this new space out here had nothing. Like I wasn't gonna be able to put that equipment nowhere. So I needed to think like something real quick, like, cause they wanted to sell that house and I needed to move my equipment somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and also I needed to like service my customers. Cause at that point I was already like, I had a lot of customers to take care of. And I could yeah. just really- You don't want them to go into the house. And- yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was my dad who mentioned like the shipping container at one point, like when we were first trying to think what can I put out there like on the property. And at first I was like, no, that's going to be like way too cramped. And I remember like getting on Google SketchUp and trying to draw everything out. And I was like, yeah, it's not going to work. And, but then like push really came to shove and it was like, we got to sell the house. Like everything was moved out of the house, like all the furniture. It was an empty house, but just my screen printing equipment was there. And so it was like, they had to get out, you know, so they could sell the house. So I was, I was like, and this was like already, you know, basically built. So we were like, all right, so I, it was going to fit for sure. It was just going to be a tight fit. 
but I don't know, like, once we did it, it was, like, everything worked out real nice. I'm a small guy myself, so, like, a big guy in here would probably be, like, all, like, cramped all the time, but it works out for me. So we got the ship container out here, and, you know, it's just a straight metal box. Nothing was in it. We framed it up, insulated it, ran electricity, put the panels up, and all that ended up costing a lot more than I expected. Like, I think looking back, I probably would have just built out, like, a small metal building because it was, like, I mean, I also bought all the tools to do all the job right, but... How much was it to renovate it and put put everything in? Like, close to, like, 10 grand. Or that's with the container. So the container was, like, right under 3 grand, so that wasn't mm-hmm. bad to use container. And then, like, so the, was the container just sitting there, or did you have to move it to this land to... Yeah, yeah we, I bought it. It was a used one from, like, a place in San, or like outside of San Angelo, and, yeah, they delivered it and put it exactly where I wanted it. And uh, there's an address? Uh, so, so you can get deliveries and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like our home address So because the home's on the property. So Got it. Like, okay. And it took like two months to like build it all out. Me and my dad did everything in it. It was a good memory. Like now, like <laughs> it's so you could, there's so many like I got like all my outlets. They're so off-centered like because we did everything ourselves. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It was just a good memory of my dad. We took like two months to like build it all out, worked on it like every day and then we got all my equipment in here, and and so like, just until like the end of last year, it was just the super container and that little piece we built out. But now, at the end of last year, I added the metal building to it. I knocked out that back wall. Mm-hmm. It's black right back. That's where it's like you know goes into the the metal building where the auto is. So now I just pump all the shirts into the container, and it's working. That's so cool. That's very unique. Did you paint the outside of it too? No, it came like that, the green color. Oh, okay, okay. It's nice in here. I like it. In the summer, it gets pretty warm, even though it's insulated, but I have a, you can see, I have like an AC right there, and it uh, does a good job. Very cool. So it's just you. You were running a manual for a while. What was, I mean, tell me about the transition from a manual to an automatic. Like, what sparked it? Where, Where did you start to begin that it's ready to, or I should upgrade? Yeah, well, probably like all of 2018, the entire time, every time I was pushing that squeegee, like I just knew I couldn't do it no more. Not only like physically it was hard, but it was just like, I just knew I was spinning my wheels. Like I just knew I could be like cranking out work with an auto. So that whole time I was like, it, it's, I need to get an auto. Like the whole year I was like, I need to get an auto. I was working, I was like pulling all-nighters like all the time all the time and I just knew I couldn't do it no more. In September of 2018, I got uh, like a job for six, like a 600 piece. It was gonna take like way too long. It was, they needed to like within a week and I had other jobs to do it, so I knew I couldn't do it. So I reached out to a shop in uh, about four hours away, San Antonio, for him to print it for me. And he, uh, I went up there to print it with him and it was just amazing. Like I printed, we printed the whole job like in a few hours and front and back. It was just so easy. Like I was just loading shirts. The job got done in time. After that, I was like, like I was like, I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna see about financing for an auto because like I need this. I needed it a long time ago. What was uh, the time savings you feel like of running that 600 shirt job? Dude, that, that job would have taken me manually. Like manually, I found myself to be printing about 60 shirts an hour. And that's just me. Like no, no one catching, no one loading. So 60 shirts, like six, that would have been like well over like 12 hours and or probably even more because that was front and back. So it's, it's, it sounds ridiculous. You know, it would have taken like a few days to print like that, that job. 
um, but that's what it would have been. And yeah, we printed it like in a few hours, and and it was done right too, you know, because you know after like the 600 shirt, you're gonna be tired and whatnot, not like thinking straight. Or I don't know, if yeah. it, you know, it's, although it's it's consistent, so it was like super nice. Yeah, so we came back. I came back home and I was like, okay, got to get an auto. Started talking to like Warcourt to see about going with them. And then it just didn't work out with the financing, so talked to him and R worked How, out with the financing. So what do you mean, like didn't work out? Like just qualifying for yeah, financing? they were gonna want for them specifically, and for I guess for where I was at revenue wise and everything, they were gonna want like ten grand down. Didn't okay. have that. Got it. Yeah, so I was so that wasn't gonna work. And then so then I went talked to M and R, and I'm glad I went with M and R at the end of the day because I talked to some other shops, and it's clear it's like one of the best in the industry so sure. like i'm super happy i went with them and also that other press with the workforce was going to be like a six color eight station and after talking to other shops too it was like they were like do not get the six color like you're gonna want more stations so 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 and, the, and, and you got, didn't want to like have to rebuy or upgrade later again you know yeah, you want to keep this one at the time i was like no like that six color is going to be great for me like i'm manually printing it sucks like let me get whatever I can get right now. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. But uh, I'm so glad I did go this other way because it's been good. I already had one job that was like seven colors, and I was able to print it no problem. So, so which one did you end up buying? The M and R Sportsman eight color tin station. Got it. And it's and it's been awesome. You were asking about the like the transition though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm curious. Like, so it sounds like that was a pretty big breaking point with our. Did you have any health-related issues, too, or is it just, like, mentally, this is exhausting? So, yeah, there were some, I don't want to say health, no, but, like, there, there were definitely, like, a lot of times at the end of the job where, you know, just, like, my hands were, like, actually, I'm I'm still so surprised that I don't have, like, arthritis or something, because I printed so, like, much manually for right. six years manually printing, and I can't believe, like, like, my hands feel great, everything feels great, so, so no, there definitely wasn't health, but just fatigue, man, you know, at the they end up like printing like for six hours straight or something or all those all nighter like print sessions it was just it was just like I just knew like I was like leaving money on the table because I could go you know knock these jobs out and then move on to the next job and sure. just take just take on more work I mean well the time savings alone was is incredible were you saying like uh, one color front one color back 600 pieces and it would have taken you you said a couple days versus two three hours and it was and even at the beginning of that that same year, like I printed like it's like a three color. It was like five hundred shirts, like three or four color front, uh, two color back. It took me like a freaking week, man. <laughs> and and that's probably not because I didn't print straight. It's like eight hour shifts, maybe of printing because I can't print like for twelve hours straight without like murdering your body. So <laughs> I mean, everybody knows like it's a no brainer to go auto. So my biggest advice would just be like get to that point where you can like get that financing for that automatic and, and then just start killing it. Cause I mean, you're just going to be spinning, spinning your wheels with the manual, but I mean, they all know that they all know that. So did you have to put money down for the MNR too? And then now make the monthly payments for, or is it just monthly no. payments? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's at least, yeah. Got it. And what, uh, I mean, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but like roughly what does that run for someone else thinking about doing the same month or like the, the per month? Yeah. yeah. Um, with the insurance and everything, like around a little under thirteen hundred a month, mm -hmm. so it's a real payment. It's not like 
when I had the manual, it was just like, all right, I'm making money and I'm cruising. Now it's like, it's like a real payment. You got to get your sales. You got to get going. It's like a real thing. It's not like playing games no more. It's like, and I mean, it's still, I know 1300 bucks a month is probably nothing to a lot of big shops, but for like a man, like a manual shop going straight to auto, that's like a real payment that you got to meet now. And so, yeah, I mean, oh, it's, a hu- it's a huge commitment for yeah. anybody yeah. getting going. Like I said, fortunately, I've had the sales this year to like service it and everything. And, but the other day, I was just like thinking, I was like, dang, like, it's not a game no more. Like, you gotta, uh, it's like a real business, and I got a real overhead now, and I gotta make sure everything's done right. I gotta take care of all my customers because if I get bad reviews or something, you know, and I don't get the sales, like, that's gonna, it's like, it's kind of scary because it's like, it's a risk I'm taking, but it's a risk I'm taking on myself because I'm, 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 I'm working in here all the time. So I know, like, it's not going to be me that kind of messes up. Like, I don't know. I just, I do think about like my customers all the time and just want to take care of them so that, you know, I don't get no bad reviews or nothing like that that would hurt the business at all. So I'm always sure. trying to take care of the customers. What, and so with the financing, when you were thinking about it, you know, you say that I'm sure at the stage, right, it's like, okay, 1300 bucks. All right, I got to make that or double that. Was there a way that you broke it down to say, okay, now I need to be able to do X amount of sales per month or, or like X amount of jobs with my average order. Yes. Or like, how did you how did you think about that? I feel like I kind of might have done that at some point, but at the end of the day, I know I was just like... You just had no like, choice. I just was like, not the no choice thing. It was just like, it's always going to be like, sales is going to be everything. Like, I'm always going to have to get more sales. So it's just like... For the past six years, I always felt like I was limited, like with the manual. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't get more sales because I'm going to, like, I mean, I can, but I'm, it was always, like, bittersweet. I got a big job, but I'm going to go murder my body now. Like, on right, the right. Place. It's, like, always like that. And I knew once I got the auto, there was going to be no, like, nothing to hold me back. Like, nothing. Like, I had the auto. at all the time in the world. I'm going to go right. print it. That's what I've been doing. I'm, like, in here every day printing. But, um, so I just knew, like. It wasn't like what you're saying, breaking it down. It was just like I knew once I had it, now I have like nothing to hold me back to go get those sales and go you know, work as hard as I can. So first week with the automatic – or actually let's let's talk about getting it installed and everything. So you, let's say you go up there, you purchase it. How long did it take to get it to your door and installed and trained? and? I don't know. Like I purchased, purchased it and then like it took a while to, for them to come out. But it's because like I was still putting up the metal building. So it was like – they were kind of waiting on me because, like, the metal building was still coming up. It hadn't gotten insulated or anything. So that was that. Sometime, like, beginning October, like, I purchased the equipment. It wasn't until, like, late December that it was, like, delivered. But a lot of that was because, of, like, they were waiting on me. When I was first talking to them, they it was, like, going to be, like, I think two or three weeks for it to come out. So I think for most people, if they had, like, their whole, like, uh, the space for it to come and everything, it'd probably be, like, a three-week thing. For me, it was, like, more like two months. But... All right, so once it came, it got installed. Um, they said it was going to take like three days to do the install and the training. It did take three days, but or it took like two days, but I helped the guy and everything. My dad was here to help him too, like lift up the arms and install it. So, And I was there with the guy, so like anything he needed me to do. So it went a lot quicker than three days, but the training, the gentleman said like he never printed in his life. He didn't know anything about printing. He was just there to install. So mm-hmm. he tried to show me, or he showed me some of the basic stuff, and I was like, okay, I got it. And so like we printed like one thing, and it was like so out of like it was so I got a registration that <laughs> just totally it like, 3D. You know what, yeah, it was bad, and I was like, you know what, man, 
I'm just gonna play with this over the weekend because it was like a Friday. I was like, sure. he can take off. I'm not gonna, you know, take his time, and we're not gonna print this together. Like, I'll figure it out. Right. And I felt I had already watched like there was like an MNR video on um, YouTube, and I already had watched. It. it was like an hour long of like the training, the same training that that guy gave me. So I kind of felt kind of comfortable already with like how to work the machine, mm-hmm. not printing, but just how to like operate it. So yeah, over the weekend, like I printed, and yeah, there was it was crazy, man. Like. My biggest advice to anybody going manual to auto, do not do it when you're busy, like during your busy season. So I know a lot of people have different busy seasons, but for me specifically, like August through like November is like my busy season. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I didn't like try to do auto, like go make the transition during that time because I would have been like, I don't even know what would happen. I probably would have lost customers because I would have been backed up. I would have probably ruined, like, yeah, I would have ruined so much shirt. So I did it. December, January, just because it worked out like that. I didn't really plan it like that. And that's like, you know, obviously the slowest season of the year. So it worked out. I had a lot of time to play with the machine. That's a great tip. And then so the video helped a lot with, with setting it up. and Yeah. So when the guy came, I already knew a lot. Well, no, I don't want to say like a lot, but I felt comfortable with the stuff he was telling me. And do you have a tri lock system for? I don't. Another tip that I could give your guys is uh, have you came across it, the rapid registration on. Uh, Instagram at all or no? Rapper Reg? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've seen a little bit about it. Yeah, so that's what I'm using, and man, it's it's so great, dude. And until you can get the tri-lock or, and all that, that whole setup, then, you know, I would recommend this to your guys, like, because it, it's just, you just put this template on the, you just tape it down to the palettes, and then mm-hmm. you put all, register all the screens to that template. And it's great, man. I was timing myself the other day, and I was around the four or five minute uh, screen. That's with putting the ink and the flood bars and the squeegees in and everything. So I think it's it's great. Obviously, it's not as not nice and good as the Trilog, but um, but until then, you know, I would recommend that thing. It's awesome. That's awesome. Those are some really great tips, especially for people getting going on it too. I've got some more tips. It's going oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah like, drop it. Let's go. The ultimate tip is ask questions to other big shops who are willing to like, answer them because like – they already, you know, they already done it. They already know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and just like ask questions. Like that's what I did. I asked so many questions, like other shops, and they're so helpful. And one thing I would recommend, like big time, is uh, do you, I don't know if you know or your your listeners uh, get like the red walkout screens, because uh, like versus like regular screens, like they don't have like the red walkout on the sides, so that way you don't have to like tape off one side. You don't have to tape off the t-shirt side because it already has like the blockout. You just got to tape off one side. Sure. It's a big like saver for like tape, taking the uh, tape off the screens. No, but the one thing I wanted to say was uh, if you don't have those red blockout screens, like make sure you tape off the because like manual printers they don't tape off. We don't have to tape off like the uh, t-shirt side. Never, never did I. But so when I jumped on the manual, like I mean on the auto, I printed like eight shirts with like the the ink went under the tape and onto the shirt. So, because I didn't tape off the T-shirt side, so mm-hmm. like, if you don't have those red blockout screens, just make sure you tape off the T-shirt side. Nobody kind of told me that, and I didn't know that. I ruined some shirts like that. It's like one of the first messes I did, and I was like, dang, like I didn't know I had to tape off the T-shirt side because like automatic is like it's different. It's just going so fast, and it's gonna go, it's gonna ruin some shirts if you're not taping those sides off. That's very interesting. Are there any other tips or things that you asked other shops that you found very helpful or insightful that you didn't know about? When I first started, like, I could not print a decent white base, like, under base, and I don't know why. And I talked to one shop, and I was like, how are you, like, 
I just asked them like straight up, like, what's your angle on your squeegee blade? Mm-hmm. And that's like the only question I asked about the squeegee. And this guy, he helped me a lot. He's like, he told me like three things to do uh, to get like a decent white. And one of them was like fix the angle. Like my angle was like crazy, man. I was like, I don't know, because I never printed auto, so I didn't know how it was supposed to be. But it needs to be like that. It needs to be like a lot more stiff, more more upright. My angle was crazy, so make sure your angle's more. More, more straight. vertical, want, you're saying. Yeah, more vertical for sure. I don't want to say straight, but very close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a degree or? or degree. I yeah, I, well, I think it might be like 10 or 15 is the mm-hmm. angle, but it's kind of weird on the, in the, on the M&R. I'm surprised it doesn't have like an actual, it has numbers, but there's no like point to say exactly where you're at. So just make sure your angle's good. Also, I kind of feel like I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about at all with this auto stuff, but. Uh, that's just this is what helped me to print a decent white and then so the angle make it go way slow like i was having to go way quick like slow it down so like on the mnr for me it's like it was like it's like i put it at a three and mm-hmm. as soon as those two things it like i was like printing i was like clearing the screen very nicely so those two things make sure your angle's good like more vertical and you can have the flood go i guess however fast but make sure this the squeeze is going a little slower like a lot slower also, probably just like watch videos like probably on Instagram of how fast somebody else's squeegee is moving. You know, that's what I kind of did too. <laughs> uh, the red blockout screens. Another printer gave me like that tip to make sure you get the red blockout screens. Have you know. had any? Have you had to to worry about any maintenance yet? Although I know you you bought new, so yeah, it's been back in my mind every day because I know there is some stuff I need to take care of. I have the M and R rep coming out next month, or I'm sorry, next week, and uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna have him because. When they came, you know, they gave me all the maintenance and all the operation and all this stuff. It was too much stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to have him follow up with me and I'm going to ask him, like, everything that needs to be, like, maintained. Got it. Sure. Yeah. That's was, awesome, especially being proactive about it. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've got the auto now. Uh, it's just you still. So it, <laughs> I feel like it almost seems like the next step is get help, right? What, what are you thinking yeah, about on that end? I remember thinking when I was like, man, when I get that auto – I'm going to be so set for so long. Like I won't have to hire help because I'm already working like manually and I don't need no help. So when I get the auto, I definitely not going to need no help, but it's crazy, man. Like, I don't know. I'm just fortunate. Like the sales are coming in. So I am staying very busy because you know, you're printing maybe a hundred, 200 shirts and they're all going to be falling at the end of the dryer. <laughs> you know, you got a pile to go pick it up. It's like literally, I couldn't believe it. Like when I printed like a big job, the other, or like when I, one of my first big jobs on the auto, I was like, it was harder picking up the shirts at the end of the pile than it was like printing the t-shirts, which, you know, usually when I was like manual printing, it was like so hard to print t-shirts and picking up was nothing, but now it's like the opposite. So yeah, I got to get somebody in here for sure. I do get some help every once in a while from like some family members to help me bag and tag because I fold and bag and tag all my orders. So mm-hmm. that's also a big tip probably to give to your listeners and they might already know that, but I think that's helped a lot is the bagging and tagging. What, for the appeal or the prof- like the professionalism? The what? Oh yeah. Um, well, so also I throw like a like a flyer of yours in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll throw like a and this I would wish I would have done sooner, but I throw like a card in there with so like every person who like opens up a bag, they're gonna see that first, and then the back has some information about the online stores and about a design studio on our website. And I don't want to say this is like a big make it or break it like everything, but. This is more like a branding thing. Like every shirt that you know somebody's opens, they're gonna see that like in there for sure. And it's a it's a decent sized card, so 
I mean, they could chunk it and everything, but if they don't chunk it, it's going to be laying around. And it'll be there. But uh, I think it helps just for branding. Also, like I have custom, like I print my custom boxes just with the logo too. So that helps with branding too. I think I think that would help some listeners, or at least getting going. Maybe once you get to a certain point, I might get to that point too where I can't bag and tag no more because it's just too much. But mm-hmm. I definitely think it's nice for the customer, and I think it's helped me get new customers for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, and like, you're at a, when you're small too, you can do things that just aren't scalable that don't make sense for a bigger shop, and that's a great advantage to have. Like text messaging, man. Like I know I can't text message every single one of my customers in the future because it's going to mm-hmm. be too much. But right now, man, I text ninety percent of all my customers everything all day long, every day. So that's also probably a tip. Maybe I don't know if because if your listeners would be down for that, but I text all my customers. Yeah, and they like it. Like everybody's on the go, so it helps. Oh, one hundred percent. That can be scalable. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's why we added um, text messaging and printable as well. <clears throat> Sorry, just to um, be able to like get payments a lot quicker and send yeah, out awesome. notifications and things like that. So, what do you think you'd hire first? So, I don't know. It's like I want. I don't want to say I want to do everything because you know I've read enough business books to say you know you can't do everything and all that stuff, but. I kind of want to say like probably like a sales like a, like an outside salesperson, but then I don't know how that would work because I know other shops have outside sales reps, but there's so much back and forth like with the artwork and the garments and everything. It's like how do you how would an outside sales rep like deal with all that stuff? You know, I always think about that. Yeah, I it seems like you have- provide the most value with the customers. I mean, you, you're like you're texting with them. You, you're kind of the face. They, they like dealing with you. They were like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I stay so flexible for them. Like all their changes, anything. Like I'm just, I make them and I make them like with a smile on my face. Like I tell them, like I'm always getting them. To, you know, they're always like, oh, I'm sorry. And the printers know this for sure. The the customers, whenever they make a change, they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, and I'm being picky. And I get that all the time. They're always like, they're always apologizing. They're always saying, I know I'm being picky, but I tell them like, no, this is my job. I'm here, we'll change this a hundred times until it's perfect. I tell them that all the time. So, yeah, I definitely am very close to all the customers. Um, so to answer your question, probably get like a printer, someone who can run the press while I deal with the customers. Also, you would think like maybe getting the screen, like letting someone reclaim the screens, clean the screens would be a job I want to get, like go to. But I don't know, the other day I was like reclaiming screens and I was like, man, this needs to get done right. This needs to get done so perfect too. So it's like, I don't know if I'd want that to go away. Artwork, I know artwork is like a big deal because it takes so long and there's so many changes. But from the get-go, man, since I was a kid, like artwork is like my favorite. It's been my favorite. So I don't know if I ever want to get rid of that. And also like the bookkeeping, like I'm an accountant, so I can't like, or I have an accounting degree. So it's like the bookkeeping, the artwork, and probably the customers is probably like what I want to stay with as long as I can and get everybody some something else maybe the printing and the pulling and all that stuff but it could be anything i guess it's exciting i i'm really excited to be able to check in and, and see where things are at in a year and how actually we're always in fort worth for the show there how far are you from that yeah, like five hours away so it is it is pretty oh, okay good. yeah <laughs> texas yeah got it no worries this has been exciting man i really appreciate giving some tips here there's so many shops getting started you know, and doing exactly like you did, starting in the room, starting in the garage, the basement, wherever they can yeah. they can get space. And that first step 
you know, it's it's almost like you said, it's legitimizing the business. So it's it's very exciting to see that and and also hear some of the tips to be able to help them as well. So yeah, Jonathan, I really appreciate the time here today and, and this has been exciting. You talk about reading a lot of different business books. I like to ask, what's maybe a book or a person that you're following, reading through now that you'd like to share? Real quick, before I get answer that question, there's something I wrote yes. down that you gave a long time ago, like in one of your podcasts that has helped me a lot is uh and there's probably a bunch of websites that like it now, but ignitiondrawing.com, ignition drawing. Oh yeah. Like, Corey, yeah. And, like I just I always think like, man, if I didn't hear Bruce say that, like what would I still be doing? I would be re- recreating all these logos. So so yeah, anybody out there listening like who needs like like a small JPEG, like recreate it or vectorize or digitize, like that's the website to go to. I use them all the time and that has helped me so much and they're fast, man, like, like within twenty four hours, like every time. So that's check them awesome. Out for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, I'll tell Corey that you you said that. I know he's got a couple of tools that they're also building too. They they were building like a designer tool um, for end customers to use, and then of course they've got the digitizing. They've got the vector redrawing. So they're quick. I don't know how quick. I don't know how they do it so quick, and they do it good too. So I was like, I know I was thinking, like, I didn't hear Bruce mention this like, <laughs> but um, to answer your question about the books. So when I was manual printing, you know, I had hours and hours and hours to like listen to like audiobooks and podcasts. So sure. I did clean up. Now that I'm a manual, I mean, like auto printing, I'm like, I don't have that much time. So I haven't been on them as much as I like to be. But um, one book very specifically is uh, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. The 10X Rule. Dude, that book got me so fired up to just work, just to get in the shop and grind it out. It just talks about taking massive and massive and massive amounts of action 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 on action on action like just grinding it out like he says i wish you know i could tell you you can be successful like just taking the normal levels of action but he's like it's not the way it is you have to take big amounts of action so that book got me real fired up to just like get in the shop manually print grind it out and i still listen to that book i still like whenever i'm having like maybe i need some motivation like yeah book on that the first like 20 minutes of that book got me so fired up also another book that i read a long time ago that i mean i'm still a one-man shop so i guess i haven't applied it too much but it's the e-myth have you heard of that one the e-myth he-myth okay well no the e as in edward oh e-myth. e-myth got it got it yeah that book was straight up like just talking about documenting like all your processes so that mm-hmm. you know making them like basically dummy proof so that you can get anybody in here and everything like will run the same over and over again. I think about that book a lot, but also Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. The E-Myth was written like in the 80s, I think. This Clockwork is like a 2018 book, and it's the same idea. So maybe Clockwork by uh, Mike Michalowicz for sure. Uh, Got it. Also, I'm adding all these to my cart right now. Is your <laughs> Brett Bowen, uh, Brett, Brett Bowden in uh, at Printed Threads? Yeah. When you when you were talking to him and he mentioned uh, Shoe Dog that he had read Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight, the mm-hmm. founder of Nike, and you know, I read that back like at the end of the last year and I don't know it was just like actually any business book so I read like another business book by uh, Ken uh, Ken Langone I think the co-founder of Home Depot called I Love Capitalism just any of those business books man like here's these like regular guys they build huge businesses and there's nothing special about them. And I just, I love listening to that stuff because it's like, there's just regular guys, like, start some, like, worse conditions than others, and they just grind it out, they just persisted, and 
I just love listening to that stuff, like just filling my mind with all that stuff, and it keeps me motivated all the time. So I don't know. Heck yeah, I've got those on the list: E Myth, Ten X Rule, Shoe Dog, and then you said the other one by Mike. Okay. Uh, I love Capitalism. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can delete all those other ones. Just put the 10 X roll. Like, get that one today. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, really, really appreciate the time you spent with us today. I know you're super busy. This has been very helpful. I can't wait to share it with everybody else. So thank you again. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later, bro. Bye. <laughs>